Brad Lambert. That's it. That's the tweet, the phrase, the sentence, whatever you want to describe it. Brad Lambert is it. The event, the happening, the magic. He is sensational. And against uh, the Edmonton Oilers over the past weekend, Brad Lambert showed why he might be maybe even in for a Jets spot sooner than any of us expected. But of course, there were a lot of players competing for positions, and we'll talk about how the Jets fared against the Oilers on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and happy Monday. I hope your weekend was restful. Welcome to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said, obviously I kicked it off talking about Brad Lambert. But before we talk about some individual performances, let's talk about the Jets versus the Oilers in preseason action. Now, you'll see the scoreline, a 3-2 shootout loss, and be a little bit disappointed and disheartened. But, um, you know, despite the Jets playing a Bakersfield Condors lineup, plus a few NHLers, uh, you know, I, I saw some interesting signs from a number of uh, the systemic or like the, the systematic uh, perspective, you know, what sort of uh, tactics and and, and uh, fixes to this this team's game plan bonus has been implementing over the past few months. We're starting to see more of it take shape. And I think this game, at least for like the first couple of periods, really showed how dominant the Jets could be when they were rotating the puck quickly and. Um, moving into a lot of really good scoring and shooting lanes from really rapid puck passes, uh, lots of puck movement, lots of overlaps, all sorts of fun stuff that I think makes the Jets a more entertaining team to watch. And, you know, one of the most important things was that when a rookie made a mistake, Bonus didn't immediately bench them. Heinola had a really bad turnover that turned into a goal against, but, you know, like some of the other kids, he didn't really take away, you know, the, the first chance he had to put him back out there. Out Heinola went, and he was on the ice again doing what Billy does. And so I think from my perspective, um, Bones has by and large really lived up to a lot of what he said he wanted to do coming into the season. The first thing he preached was talking about communication. That was kind of a big selling point with him, something that he felt really needed to be established with this team and so far, I, I like what I'm seeing and hearing. I feel like Bones is um, maybe the kind of personality the Jets have really needed for a while. A guy who can be, you know, firm, but at least fair, right? Uh, it, it's hard to know exactly how things are on the back end, but it seems like he's more patient. He's willing to work with the kids, and he knows that there will be mistakes in their game. Kind of coming back to that Heinola issue, he was asked about it after the game, and he said, what I'm not going to sit here and do is criticize the turnover. He instead focused on it as like a team error. Now, look, I think if you asked Heinola, Billy would agree it was kind of a lot of his own mistake. And, you know, Bones certainly 
acknowledge the fact that Villy's pass wasn't good. But I think the most important thing was that he didn't immediately tear him down either. He sort of focused on the forwards maybe not being in good outlet positions. And I feel like that is a positive thing in some ways, right? You want a guy who understands that sometimes if you look at the context of what mistake is being made, it, it is a team issue, right? With Heinle's pass, it was mostly Heinle, but I appreciate that he's, he's not going to throw the kids under the bus. He's going to give them a chance to really prove themselves and that he'll reward players based on how they're performing so far. So that, for me, is a positive change. It kind of circles back to his whole point about really enjoying working with the kids and helping to develop them. I think from my my feelings about this, um, Bonus has really silenced a lot of the concerns I've had so far about how might he handle the rookies? You know, is he gonna is he gonna bench them on the first mistake? Is he gonna do like Paul Maurice used to do and put them in the press box even if they have, you know, a relatively okay game, but maybe have one blemish that ends up getting them sat for the game? And so I just feel like maybe Rick is exactly the kind of fit the Jets have needed for a long time. Now, will this team actually play great hockey this year? I'm a little bit more ambivalent about that. I think for as fun as the Jets were against the Oilers. You know, that at one point they were out shooting them 20 to 5. You can kind of tell that, you know, the 1 1 scoreline speaks volumes about where Winnipeg's elite finishing talent is. Now, KFC, Shifley, Ailers, those guys weren't playing. So it's understandable that maybe some of the offensive punch was a little bit more muted. But still, I think, you know, what we've thought about for the past couple of weeks and what continues to hold true through preseason is that the Jets are going to have issues scoring goals this year. Now, where I will say there was some improvement was the power play. I thought the power play was dynamite. Dubois, Perfetti, Lambert, uh, Heinola getting some really good looks on the back end there. All of those guys created some beautiful puck movement. I thought that they scored you know, a, a really great goal with Perfetti on a rebound opportunity. There was just a lot to like with the movement. Uh, and, and in general, the puck movement with a lot of these players was beautiful. One of them actually should have resulted in a goal, but it ended up, ended up getting chalked off because... Um, I forget who it was that was offside. Maybe it was Lambert or something on the zone entry, but it was like Dubois, Perfetti, Lambert, all combining for a beautiful, quick, like tiki-taka, one-touch passing sort of goal, and Skinner never really had a chance to stop it. So there is stuff in the future that I think really shows this team has some explosive potential if you put players in the right positions, right? But obviously this will require the Jets to sort of sort out the roster long-term. I think the lineup actually has a lot more competition in the middle and bottom six than I was expecting. Um, I think guys like Sakamana Linen, uh, you know, Daniel Torg or um, Daniel Torgerson to a lesser extent, Kevin Stenland, all of these players are auditioning for spots. And then you've got the really exciting prospects like Brad Lambert, who maybe deserve a shot this year. It's going to be difficult because contractually you have a lot of players who honestly you would have to waiver something in order to make room. And I don't know if the Jets are really into that idea. So We'll talk about some of the players that I think are really pushing for spots, which guys for me have kind of maybe gotten knocked down a peg and, and not really impressed me so much and where they might fit in the grand scheme of things as the Jets roster turns over a bit. Now, before we go any further and start talking about the specific players, I don't want to shout out our friends and partners at Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. 
you know, they, they protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 seven professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I highly recommend it. You, uh, you have to think about your home as a castle, right? And you need a lot of monitoring tools to make sure it's constantly safe and that you're always on the lookout for danger, but you always, you, you can't always be there, right? So you need a monitoring system that has your back and that's why Simply Safe offers different cool little technologies like an app that lets you check the system while you're on the road. You'll also have camera feeds you can watch and you have crystal clear, uh, crystal clear HD live camera feeds right at your fingertips. So you'll always know what's going on with your home, whether you're at home or elsewhere. You can also be sure that there will be 24-7 agents available to help you in case something goes wrong. And, you know, that's why Simply Safe is there. They're offering this extra layer of support and security. And within just a few minutes, you'll have uh, police and first responders on the scene to take care of any issues, even if you're not at home. It's a really great service. I highly recommend it. And I think there are plenty of reasons why, you know, securing your house really is important, especially during these times. So be sure to customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. You can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Like I said at the top of the episode, we're talking about the preseason action of Winnipeg versus Edmonton. And despite the shootout loss, there were some really good bright spots that I think are worth spotlighting and talking about, especially when it comes to individual performances. Now, Heinola did have a bit of a rougher game, um, like I said earlier, but, you know, I think the thing that really impressed me with Vili is that despite the issues, when it came to, like, you know, chaperoning the puck on the back end, cycling it quickly and using outlets, and then power play quarterbacking, uh, you know, on, on the odd man situations, I thought he looked brilliant. There's a very assertive commanding presence when he's in possession, and he has this ability to cover up the offensive zone. Now, Sandberg, I thought for his part, had a, a solid enough game in some areas. Kind of like Villy, he's also got some defensive deficiencies. You notice that both of those guys will tend to cough up the puck a lot, and I thought Sandberg especially had issues clogging up either the defensive zone or the neutral zone and denying zone entries. So, yeah, it, it wasn't ideal from him. Um, and I think from from like Dylan's perspective, you know, the game that I really want him to see, like really want him to play in and see from him is this guy who's really strong in possession, who can transition the puck up and down the ice, not necessarily blazing speed, but somebody who's very controlled, very strong, and can kind of use his frame to be uh, a really good supporting piece on the back end. Because, you know, offensively, he doesn't quite have that extra level like Billy does. And so he has to make up for that with more defensive positioning, um, better two-way awareness and all that stuff, which I think he actually can do with the right partner. It's just so far, you know, this preseason hasn't really seen him, I would say, steal the role. Stanley, for his part, I mean, he's trying his best, but you can kind of tell that, you know, Bones' system is like a little bit too fast for the way that Logan plays. Stanley can, you know, deck guys and, and get into fights and use that physicality occasionally to muscle guys uh, away from, from scoring and stuff like that, but it's not often. And I feel like you saw there was like a sequence with Holloway who got the inside step on him and then just gently elbowed him in the chest and Stanley went down like a deck of cards. Here, his lack lack of balance and agility, despite his height, really came into play. And I think 
that sort of stuff is going to continue to be a problem like it's been at the NHL level so far. So, you know, for me, Stanley, he really is the seventh defender, and I just don't really see a space for him on this team long-term beyond a guy who's like an injury call-up sort of player. Uh, as far as other individual performances are concerned, um, I thought Brad Lambert, of course, was sensational. Brad was all over the ice, creating lots of turnovers. Uh, he had a couple of good opportunities to score goals, very nearly converted on an overtime one that would have been an unbelievable winner. I think all of Jets Twitter would have absolutely lost its mind, and it was a shame that he uh, he didn't end up being able to finish it because um, Skinner made this fabulous save. And then, of course, in in the shootout, Lambert got the chance to go out and, again, almost scored a beautiful backhander, didn't convert that one, though, and the Jets fell, unfortunately, in overtime. So it, it was a bit of a tough one, but Lambert, you can see that dynamite skill that he has. There's so much explosiveness in his game, and I think it's very clear that he has to play with skill because the way that he sees the ice and explodes uh, as soon as he's in possession, he needs players who think on the same wavelength that he does and can keep up with him. I mean, he is just flying down the ice. He's like the best skater we've had since Ehlers. And it's very clear that, you know, the more talent that he plays with, the more his game starts to expand and you really see him open up the ice in other ways. So Brad, amazing game. I think he is definitely a lock to be a superstar for this team. And I can't wait for him to join the Jets sometime in the near future. Uh, when that is exactly is debatable, but we'll talk about that later. Now, as far as Cole Perfetti is concerned, he had a two-goal night, and while it wasn't Perfetti's like most astoundingly strong outing, it is nice to see him bag those goals. I think you can tell his offensive positioning when he's anywhere near the slot is still very good. He's opportunistic, um, and I think that really defines a lot of his game. You know, despite not having like elite edge work in the sense of, um, you know, a McKinnon or even a Lambert, he's still very good at getting into those spots. And he knows spatially how to put himself in the best position to take advantage of either passing opportunities or scoring chances. So I really like Perfetti. I think he's destined to have a really big career for the Jets. Uh, as long as he can stay healthy this year, I think he'll be a really important player uh, for this this top six. But I do wonder long term where he'll play, whether it's out wide or down the middle. I feel like his game really does suit that of a center, but I don't know if the coaching staff agrees and management may have different ideas. So. We'll see how they experiment this year. If Dubois gets traded before the end of the season, maybe Perfetti moves down that center role and we start to see him anchor that uh, long term, especially if he really runs away with the position. So things to keep an eye out for. But of course, just figuring out this year's lineup is going to be really challenging. I want to talk about some of the players that I think really do deserve a spot and why they might push back, um, push out some of the, the veterans I've seen in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are closing out tonight's thoughts from Edmonton versus Winnipeg over the weekend in preseason action, talking about some of the veteran players that I felt might be finding themselves on the wrong side of this Jets season lineup. Unfortunately, you know, some of these guys did actually get knocked out due to injury, but it seems like it's going to be pretty short term for most of them. Mason Appleton got taken down from behind. It sounds like he's doing OK, though, so he'll be back at some point. Um, yeah, Anson Harkins, I think, also picked up a knock, but it sounds like he's all right. Unfortunately for the both of them, though, I, I think this preseason hasn't really shown a lot of uh, you know output from either of them. I've thought Mason didn't really look as impressive as Manalainen. I thought Saku has really 
been the forechecking physical presence who also brings that extra level of skill that I thought Appleton was supposed to be. Um, and Mason, he does do well as a complimentary winger when he's with a good center like, say, Cobb or Lowry. But in terms of what he's done during preseason, I'm just not seeing that extra level of, of ability that I really feel he needs in order to honestly steal a spot from guys like maybe even Gagne. I think Appleton can be a really good fourth liner, but I, I do wonder long term what his role with this team is, because it just seems like there's so many guys right now who are competing for depth spots. And so far, a lot of them have outperformed what Mason has done. And it's not like Mason is particularly bad or anything. It's just, you know, there's only six spots for the third and the fourth line. And, you know, Mason's not really a guy who's set up for a top six role. So given that, you know, being the case, the ability of where you can place him into the team is is pretty limited. And I think with the amount of competition that we're seeing in camp and some of the really impressive performances that I've seen from guys like Stenland, Mandelainen, even Lambert, uh, Torgerson, and um, of course, David Gustafson, you just have to wonder where a player like Appleton lands. Harkins is kind of in the same boat of not really having had a, a camp to be particularly uh, fond of. You can see where he'll have a really great drive, maybe a nice uh, offensive zone move, but then the play doesn't really go anywhere, and suddenly you ask yourself, well, what did he really accomplish? And I think that that is a bigger question with this game. There is a lot of skill there, and if you pair him with like a Mark Shifley or something, Harkins will actually take advantage of that and score. But you know, the rest of his game isn't really at a, at a level that I think would suit like a first or a second line deployment. So it's a tough one, right? You have these players who are fighting to try and maintain their place in the team, but there are these other guys like Saku Bandelainen that I think have had really great camps. And honestly, I think Saku needs to go in. I think he plays exactly the style of game that Rick Bonus would really approve of. I think he has a very gritty work ethic that shows persistence when he's in the offensive zone. He'll constantly try and enforce turnovers. He harasses puck carriers. And once he gets the, gets the turnover, you know, maybe he even draws a penalty in the process, but he'll always look to create some good sort of like crossing lane or, or passing lane or something to get that puck on net. So I feel like Mandelainen for me should absolutely feature for this team. I think he'll do a great job opening up space on the, on the, on the ice and setting up his teammates for scoring opportunities, even if he might not be the world's best finisher. I also really think that Lambert at some point does need to be a part of the top nine. Now there's a lot of debate about who he would even displace and where you fit him in. But honestly, this Jets top nine just isn't going to score like a ton of goals this year. I think certain players are going to really shine like KFC and Shifley, Ehlers as well. But you start going down the lineup and you realize that that finishing talent really runs dry, especially if there's an injury. And honestly, Lambert's probably like first in line for an injury call up if somebody goes down. But if the Jets are serious about making the playoffs, and if that is their true ambition, they're going to need guys like Lambert to really step up and be a part of this team, not for the Moose, but for the Jets themselves. And that kind of remains to be a bigger question of how you fit them in. Contractually, you have Harkins, Appleton, and other players that are currently taking up spots that they probably don't want to waive. And so um, I think Lambert will get an audition at some point this year. Maybe it's even at the start of the season. But until then, you know, we're just going to have to be a little bit patient uh, the team has kind of put itself in a really tough spot of not really having enough mouths to feed with the lineup. And, you know, the Jets really need a lot of goal scoring prowess uh, and an influx of offensive talent. So 
if they don't start making some deals here and maybe moving some excess players who don't really fit the long-term vision of this team, it might be a while before we really see the future course start to take shape. So cross your fingers, hope the Jets have something in mind to really get this team into an actual competitive state. And uh, let's stay tuned to see what Winnipeg does with the rest of the roster, because like I said, there's opportunity to make moves. I think that there are real chances to improve the talent on the ice, and it can only mean good things for the Jets in the future as they try and really start to lay the foundations of this future team. But I'd be curious to know how you feel about all of this. Who do you want to see making the team this year? Who do you think should be in the lineup? Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter and in the YouTube comments below. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can stay up to date on everything in the world of hockey all at your fingertips. And as always, it is free to subscribe. So thank you for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.